Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello, beloved community. Welcome back to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I hope this finds you well. <sighs> Today we're talking about women, sacred truth, and God. It's like we just put the heat underneath the thing and turned the heat right up, right? So ah, this is a this content was given in a class in early January in the Sacred Truth Mastermind launch. So if you caught that class by the same title, then you can skip this podcast or you can listen again or you can share it with a friend because it was so darn good, uh, that kind of thing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the Sacred reclamation path of feminine and masculine. And there are so many nuances of this path. Um, Yeah, (laughs) so many. So I would say that the content for this class was years in the making, because while I knew these truths, um, it was, you know, not the time for me to say them. Maybe that's true, or maybe I was uh, not brave enough to say them for a long time. Um, but whatever, we we unfold our truth at the rate that we unfold our truth, and then there's a time. And so during this launch of the Sacred Truth Mastermind, it's going to be the only time it launches this year. Last year, it launched twice. So I've had a lot of experience with this mastermind. And every time I have done this, I have really had to step into a next level of my own truth. So that's one thing I want to say. It's like, it's one courageous move after another on this path. It's not like you claim one truth and then all of the dominoes in your life fall into place. That's just not true. You always have a next level and a next level and a next level, or we could call it a next truth and a next truth and a next truth. And where I was, you know, three, four years ago working in schools and really having this yearning, this deep, um, calling toward feminine and masculine and reclaiming my feminine and uh, Mary Magdalene was calling me and, you know, all of these things were happening. And while I knew that that was calling me then, there's no way that I could have foreseen 
the things that I'm now coming into contact with on my path. So it's like we claim one truth, we say yes, there's an unveiling, you know, we live into that, lives change, all of that. And then it's again and again and again. But that is the path of uh, being a sacred soul on the planet right now because we have come at a time where these truths that are lighting up inside of us are really the medicine that the world needs. Um, I know that to be true. I believe that to be true. And so please don't underestimate your truth. You know, we don't do it for anyone else. I, I actually, I'll talk about this for a second. I often get the question, um, am I healing for myself or am I healing for the collective? And women everywhere are tired. And so this notion that when we heal, we heal for the collective, the collective means all the people. And when we are tired, or we're getting our ass kicked on our soul journey, it can be like, well, I don't want to do all the work for all the collective. Like that's too much. I'm not going to, I don't want to do everybody else's work for them. I would say it's not that. That's not what we're doing. When we do claim the truth of who we are and we live into our soul, our soul essence, some would try to talk about that like purpose, but I'm actually not so interested in talking about purpose because that still keeps us on like an ego performance path. I'm talking about soul essence. And as we claim that and come into that and live into that. So then now we're like inside of it, we are it and we are emanating that frequency outward. We just change the world by being who we are. So for example, if a previous version of yourself or a, you know, now version of yourself or whatever used to live in trauma and fear primarily, just imagine like walking into a grocery store and the interaction that you have in the grocery store just might be emitting that fear and trauma, that self-protection, right? Somebody bumps into you and you have a "Ah," reaction. Um, So that's what you're emitting and no shame in that. That's, That's where you're at, right? And then you do some healing and you yeah, you just, you have these awakenings and you gather more pieces of your soul and your soul essence. And then you come back to more of the truth of who you are. And then you're in the grocery store and somebody bumps into you and you say, are you okay? Right? So you're, you're emanating more love into the world or more of the beauty that you are. And so that's how we help to heal the collective when we heal ourselves um, and come back into the truth. And, you know, some of us will have these missions where we need to use our voices to actually do the the change-making work, that kind of thing. Maybe that's your path and maybe that's not. So that's okay. Like you coming into your own truth and your sacred truth is affecting you and your life in exactly the perfect way that it's supposed to. Like whatever is unfolding is the way. Okay, now I'm a little off track. I'm going to get myself back. So this talk, it's kind of like a talk and a teaching. Um, It's in three parts. So I'm going to say one, two, three to let you know where I'm at. And the first part is about trauma through religion religious trauma. The second part is about Mary Magdalene and Christ. 
and that connection. Juicy, right? And then the third section is about the sacred within, and they're all going to build on one another and hopefully flow. Okay, so here we go. All right. So religious trauma. I looked this up and on the internet, (laughs) there is this thing called religious trauma syndrome. I think that people just talk about, I don't know, I can't speak to this. I didn't spend a lot of time researching it. I was just curious. Um, So it may or may not be something that is um, hmm, validated by our modern medical system, right? Anything that you hear me say, um, you can decide with your own sovereignty whether or not it feels like truth to you. Because some of the things I'm talking about, right, we can't prove. Like, yeah, how would science measure religious trauma? That's another topic altogether. So that being said, I'm going to use that word. I'm going to use that phrase, religious trauma. Forget the syndrome. Because the syndrome kind of puts a word on it in my mind, like, oh, this is made up in some people's heads. No. All right. So there are some religions that inflict severe trauma. I am very much respecting that that is true. Right now, I want to talk to the collective of women and talk about the maybe little t or more low-grade trauma that is the norm through religion. So I was raised Methodist. I grew up in Southern Pennsylvania. The little white church that I went to was um, very country, y'all. Like I drove past it a few years ago just to kind of jog the memory. And I was like, wow, that is a really small really white church, white on the outside, white people on the inside, no diversity. That's what you got. So inside that church, yes, actually traumas did happen. Um, However, the message that I received sitting in the pews, so I was the oldest of three daughters. My father had three daughters. Father and mother were married, still are. And we had to go to church and the three daughters had to go sit in these pews, had to listen. And the message that we were receiving was that the female was less than the male. And then there was also a message that you had to respect authority, no matter what the authority was doing. And there was also a message that hit for me very, very young that land was dominion. And so the combination of these things and many, many more, I mean, the very fact that supposedly, you know, woman came from man kind of thing, everything was about women being secondary and women just having to blindly follow the authoritarian. Now, some of that is a little convoluted in my mind between what was the church and what was my father, but here we are talking about the patriarch. So that'll work just fine for me to lump it all in there together. So as I was receiving this message, I was beginning to question who I was. 
I'm using my personal story here as an example because I know that I'm not the only one. So I work with women all the time and a lot of women in my practice have had this experience where they grew up inside of a religion that told them that they were not as worthy or as sacred as the man. Okay. So I don't know if you all listened to the episode of the Sacred Remembering podcast with Dr. Valerie Rain. Um, And she wrote a book called Patriarchy Stress Disorder. And I can't remember exactly what episode number it was right now, but you can go back and look at it. It's wonderful. Her whole argument is that this low grade, um, like degrading of women inside of a patriarchy is in and of itself trauma because we're disconnected to the truth of who we are. Now, those are my words. And then we hustle for our own worth. So similarly to how Dr. Rain was saying, hey, this is the entire patriarchy. I'm saying, hey, just because we grew up inside of these religions that gave this message, there's an actual trauma reaction because there is a disconnection from self, a disconnection from God, and a hustle for worth. So you can just think right now, what were some of the messages that you received from the church about being a woman? Maybe like pull out the journal on that one later on today. So women over time felt increasingly excluded from access to the sacred. And this was purposeful on the part of the church. I really want to get that across. So women are are innately, we are deeply mysterious. We're soulful. We're magical. We are the embodied essence of the feminine, primarily. You know, a lot of us, I'm, I'm speaking very generally right now. But women are going to carry the primary essence of the feminine and And the church actually wanted to control the feminine because at the inception of the church, the feminine together was a threat. Because when women gather together, the answers begin to just materialize. Like women don't even have to try to make magic. We are making magic when we get together and we are aware of our connection to the sacred. This is a very big, I'll say fact, that the makers of the church did not want women to know um, about themselves. They wanted them to forget. So we're talking about sacred remembering on this podcast. And this is really important to remember. That when women get together, we make magic because we are the mystery. So in a way, I love thinking about this. Women actually hold the church inside of them. Like we hold the sacred, the mystery, the magic, the access to God inside of us. Okay, so women's bodies essentially (laughs) in the beginning were the vessels of the sacred. Like we were, um, you know, channeling, we were um, being with the rhythms, we were with nature. And this, this cup of knowledge and nourishment that is the feminine and is 
woman, this is what we're remembering and coming back to. So the, the church knew this, knew of the deep, deep magic. And I'm going to talk about Mary Magdalene and Christ in just a moment. So Mary Magdalene carried this deep, deep magic. And the church, as it was established, knew this and did not want that power to compete just did not want it. And so these, okay, it gets a little complicated. I'm not going to go the whole way into it, but you know, our notions of gender and gender stereotypes, it actually goes way deeper than that. There's, there are these gender programs that we run, you know, that say like, okay, men are more connected to God. Okay. Women are supposed to be um, more subservient. Those kinds of programs the church was responsible for the perpetuation of this. So I just want to throw this out there that the church was actually perpetuating the severance of women from God and the severance of, of the mother God from the father God. And at that time, it became all father God. Okay. And then only men were, were to have the access to it. And, um, that's just, that's just not true or sustainable. So we have this, um, you know, breakdown upon breakdown happening right now in the collective, but also the, you know, I left the church when I was 16. I left and I did not look back. I'm going to talk more about that later because there was actually some damage that I did to myself in that. Like it was the only decision I could have made at the time quite, quite honestly, but looking back, it is doing women a disservice to sever from all notions of God, essentially. So, all right. So think about it. Embodied breath, my practice, right, is embodied, feminine, body, earth, breath, masculine, spirit, Okay, so the church took the body, the earth, the, the woman, the feminine, and severed that from the head, the masculine, the spirit, and such that, you know, the focus of the entire uh, patriarchal situation here is um, knowledge from the head up. This is why when we're doing the sacred reclamation work of, of looking at the feminine, we are bringing back the embodiment of our, of our feminine bodies. And that is one of the most empowering things we can do on this path because we're remembering these are not separate. No, they're not separate. And they're holy, holy vessels. Okay, you are a holy vessel. And so the way that breath moves through your body is evidence of the reunification of the masculine and feminine, I'll say Godhead. Okay. You can agree or disagree. We'll just we'll just listen for today and then maybe this will spark something in you. All right. So I do want to say something here as well about women's bodies being the church before I move on to point number two. Um, really important. And I will say too, that when I wrote the content for this talk, 
I was in deep meditation and in prayer and um, with God. Okay. So all of this is like a message to everyone who is listening. And there was a, a big message to remind you that women's bodies as holy vessels, as the literal church, as the access point to the divine. I mean, men know this, right? Like men desire the access to the divine mother. And where are they going to get that? They're going to get it through women. They're going to get a taste of it through women. I'm sorry, this the unconscious man is going to get a taste of it through women. Like he's, his unconscious is going to be leading him to, to women. He might even have um, a tendency to devour or dominate because the masculine, the men, I'll say the men have been been also cut off from the divine mother, which has had an immense effect on men and masculinity such that um, they're angry about it in the subconscious and in the collective. And so they will want access to the sacred vessel of the feminine um, through women. And there is an opportunity right now to truly upgrade your relationship with men and with men who have access to your body, your holy vessel, such that if they are not respecting it, like church, if that man does not know that he is going to church when he is laying down with you, then he does not get to enter the church. Okay, women, this is where we're at. If he does not understand the holiness of your vessel, he doesn't get to enter anymore. That came out really strongly. You decide if that's for you. All right, y'all. Point number two. Point number two. Okay, Mary Magdalene and Christ. So I'm going to say Christ. I might say Jesus. I might say Yeshua. I'll use all of those interchangeably here. Okay, so Mary Magdalene and Christ. This is an example of the reunification of the masculine and feminine that are connected to God. And truly, the ultimate masculine and feminine are God itself. So, Mary Magdalene and Christ knew this, and their walk was about this. They actually incarnated at the same time um, to be one another's counterparts, okay, and and companions to help um, Christ in the ascension journey. So, feminine and masculine union. This is very important if if you don't already realize this. Feminine masculine union is within first and then between two people. So many modern women mistake their desire for union, which is this inner desire and sacred, sacred desire. They mistake that desire for union to be with only one human beloved. And this keeps them from the power of creating with God uh, when they're depending on the mortal man and kind of mistaking him as God. So when we are separated from, from the concept of church and from the concept of sacred and holy, we're separated also from the concept of the masculine. And this has really detrimental effects on women. And so what happens, and truthfully, what what the church and the patriarchy wanted to happen was 
they wanted women to look to men, right? Like women couldn't own land without men. Women couldn't earn money without men. And um, so there was a deference. There was a deference of power and a stripping of the feminine power and, and making everything go through the man. So we lost our sacred access to the unified mother, father, God. And we were convinced collectively that that unified connection didn't exist. It does. It does. It does. It does. You can go directly there. So many women, (laughs) I did it for so long. I'm looking like on, on this conscious path, um, continuing to, find men, I've talked about this in other episodes, where I was projecting this aspect of the masculine that I was looking for in God, projecting that onto a human man. And then the relationship would combust and I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, you know, integrating this part and this part and this part now, um, because, you know, I'm not allowed to, to get away with that kind of shit. Um, I needed to remember, like, and I still remember, union within, union with God, mother, father, God, union within. Um, and that... There's so much power in that. Now I'm kind of getting into my section three. I need to stick with my notes. Um, There's so much power in the woman remembering this. Because as you can see, if the sacred is through men, if money, protection, provision, all of that is, is conceptualized to be coming through the mortal man, then women are making themselves smaller in order to get access. They are allowing men who have not consecrated, you know, their bodies as the holy, as the church, and letting them into their fields, into into their bodies. And so, we just have a continued depletion of the feminine in this way. So, reclaiming that union within, which Mary Magdalene knew, Okay, Mary Magdalene knew, and she was not helpless. She was not a whore. Oh, please. Um, she was powerful. She was a priestess in, um, in the lineage of Isis. And so, yes, she was a sex priestess, where what that means is that she used her sexual energy for healing, for um, as as a force in the union with the divine, in the union between God and herself. And the sexual energy was the force that strengthened that connection. So not sex as in shame, dirty, whore. No, no, no. That was the charge. That was, that was the, you know, uh, siphoning of the feminine. That was the purposeful rejection of Mary Magdalene from the significance of Master Jesus's life. And her potency came from her connection to her own power and her connection to Mother, Father, God. Okay, none of that is to be divided. So you see how the church made the very things shameful that are the sources 
of a woman's power. So, also remembering that sexual energy and and a woman, okay, so women hold the babies, <laughs> right? We take the seed from the masculine and we hold, we hold the babies. We have creation potential. It's one of the biggest like kept secrets is that we actually have pure creation potential. That's very, very, very powerful. So if the church wanted to control creation, they had to control the women and it worked for a while, but we're waking up. So this is creation energy. Okay. Um, and there is, there are many beautiful books on Mary Magdalene, some of which are channeled. Um, you know, everyone's just kind of getting their information and making their best guesses, but it, it is such a sacred remembering to remember Mary Magdalene at this time, because here's the awesome thing. Her very message was about truth. Her message was about standing in the truth of who you are and knowing through the direct knowing, the gnosis, the direct knowing of God inside of you. And the Gnostic texts, um, some of Mary Magdalene's um, scripture or her um, writing was saved in the Gnostic texts and some was destroyed. Uh, but this message comes through there where the, the soul and the essence of the soul, which is the feminine um, in communion with God, the spirit brings in the direct and divine knowing. So, Women, when we're talking about sacred remembering and sacred truth, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the direct revelations. We're talking about the reunification of the God aspects of the masculine and feminine within us. Now, it might start farther down, like before on the path, you know, we're healing trauma, we're, we're healing our relationship to the masculine, we're remembering the feminine, all of that. Um, You can go to my website and download the pathway document that I have published that, that describes this frequent walk of a modern woman back to remembering, oh my gosh, these are God aspects. Oh my gosh, that's what the feminine and masculine were all along. And I am reunifying them inside of me and I am knowing and standing in that holy, holy truth. That was Mary Magdalene's message. And Christ revered her and her connection to God and to the sacred. He had his own connection, but then they would come together and practice the union with between two people and the union that's possible between two people in that divine and sacred and holy mirror reflection. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. Okay. So here we are to point number three, and what, I'll I'll make it succinct here. We need to reclaim, one, that women are sacred. Two, that you have a direct knowing, i.e. truth, coming through you (laughs) for the world, coming to you from the divine. 
And like I just said, God is feminine and masculine in union. There's no separation of mother God from father God. There's no separation of the feminine from the masculine. This was a ploy. This was purposeful. We're remembering and reclaiming now. I understand that what I'm saying is big stuff. I understand that what I'm saying goes against thousands of years of of indoctrinization. But hey, maybe Mary Magdalene sent me to say it. All right. So I mentioned this before, but here I'm discovering it again on my notes at this point. So this is important. When women who are empowered to leave the church do so, there is a unintentional byproduct of that. That is often a severance from the sacred masculine, a severance from the God, because look, if man, God, patriarchy, trauma was all in one place, and she's rejecting that, then there is a wounded relationship with the masculine that needs to be recovered. And this is big work. I'm talking about things that that take time, women. Okay, so I'm planting seeds here. So we cannot know the capacity of the masculine, the sacred masculine, the father God. We cannot know that capacity if we are defaulting to men. So this is like a kicker. So, so many women who denounced the church and left the church are also still looking for that uh, evidence of that sacred connection with man, with a human man. Okay. And then it's like putting way too much pressure on men because they're not, they're, they can't, they're not there. They're not going to, well, some are, but if you're putting the pressure on the man to be that, and he's not that he's not going to get you there. Okay. So maybe stop trying (laughs) and go back to recovering the sacred feminine and masculine union inside of yourself and standing in the truth of who you are. Everything will sort out if you do that. All right. Um, When women don't have the masculine Godhead connection, this actually perpetuates hustle, collapse, seeking your power and your source from outside of yourself, not knowing who you are, not being sure of your identity. All of those things happen because of the severed connection to the sacred masculine. So reclaim it. Don't go back to the church to reclaim it. If you've left the church, do whatever you want. A, always do whatever you want. B, I'm suggesting if that does not resonate with you, find another way to explore the relationship with the sacred masculine inside of you. Okay. We can do that. We can, we can, there's, there are ways. Um, Remember that you are not only sacred, but that you also have a direct line of access to mother, father, God. You are not separate. When we remember this, it's like, oh my God, we can cut years and years off of this perpetual self-healing path that is based in trauma. It's based in, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. So I have to keep hustling and hustling and hustling to get better and heal and heal and heal. And it's like, well, what if we just remembered we were secret? What if we remembered that uh, we're good, 
we choose to heal for sure. We always choose to heal. We're, we're humans. We have bodies. They have <laughs> DNA that remembers things, you know, like we need to rehabilitate these human suits that we're in. And also we can do ourselves a favor by aligning to truth and the truth of union and the truth of mother, father, God. Um, and when, when we do that, when we reclaim that the sacred is within, then we're doing what Mary Magdalene and Master Jesus always had as their true north, as their central um, teaching that they were trying to bring across to the people was really about the direct the direct knowing and the direct relationship with God. It was the church that subverted that and actually took the reputation of Christ and subverted that as well. So Christ's message was never the church's message. Christ's message was that you are holy. And I mean, his very ascension would only be possible through the... (laughs) The, through through the um, ascension portal, like in his light body, out of his body. That's the only way it, it would have happened. Um, and the only way that would have happened is through union. So, ah, wow, so much to talk about. See, I wasn't ready to say all that three years ago. I just wasn't ready to say it. So my question to you is what resonates from this information? What do you want to hear more about? What did you not think of before? Um, Go ahead and leave a review for this podcast. That's wonderful. And you can also go um, to Facebook and go to the Sacred Remembering Facebook group. Look us up and um, yeah, just pop a post in there about what arose from you. Introduce yourself. Say, hey, this came up for me when I heard this, um, this episode. You can do that on any episode. And that's how we get conversations going. Okay. That's how we remember together. So that's why that is there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for walking your sacred, holy truth walk back to yourself and back to union. If I can be of help and service to you on your path, sarahpoet.com. So much love. Bye. To read my blog, schedule sessions, and learn more about upcoming offerings, go to sarahpoet.com. Tailored private mentorships are available for women at various points on their reunification path, from claiming the voice to true union templates. And online e-courses are there if you're just wanting a taste. Women's group and couples coaching information is also on the web. Again, sarahpoet.com. I'll see you there and don't forget to sign up for my email list. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. 
Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected. And here's to your path of sacred remembering.